Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. Hello, Peter here. Just letting you know that this episode is a bit of a strange one, which for this podcast is really saying something. Uh, sort of a double content warning we spent a lot of this episode talking about, as the title may suggest, erotica, specifically the strangest erotica tale I've ever read. I worked in erotica for five years, and so I forget that stuff that's fairly normal to me is not necessarily normal to everyone. So, content warning, if discussing incest, mind control, or teenagers having sex is off-putting to you, probably skip this one. Also, at the end, separately to the erotica conversation, we talk about some pretty gross body stuff. So if that sort of thing squicks you out, you may want to skip this one. Other than that, it should be safe. Uh, probably don't listen to this one while kids are around. But with those disclaimers, I think it's actually a good episode. So enjoy. So when we first started this podcast, I made a little list of the stuff that I thought we could talk about at some point. Oh, yeah. Most of it we've never talked about because the podcast really changed direction. But I was looking at the list and I found something and I'm like, I really want to tell SJ about this because I think she'll find it interesting and bizarre. Okay, before we get to that thing, can you tell me what the hell else is on the list? Yeah, so I thought we could do a little review of, uh, this is on the list, a little review of Inside Out because we both enjoyed it. Like, oh, that's not what the movie. podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else? Let me find the list, Anne. I thought I could ask you, what was our biggest fight? Oh yeah, I mean, we could... I. I'd have to have a think about that. But whatever it was, you were definitely wrong. I have self-googling with my ex. Like, I don't know why I thought that would be an interesting episode, but it's on the list. Oh, where we Google ourselves. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Look, I think this podcast is already self-indulgent enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line. That's over my line. But this one is called Weird Porn with My Ex in my little note list. Well, that's very intriguing. What are you talking about? I used to write erotica. I now say I wrote erotica full-time for five years, which I don't know if that's the exact number. That's what I say because I'm sick of not knowing the exact number. <laughs> All right. And in the course of writing erotica, you read a lot of erotica. And there's this really specific subgenre of erotica that I find fascinating. Do you read erotica at all? Not really. I would say no. So there's all kinds of different types of erotica. Um, I was talking to my, my business partner today and she had never realized that me being the number one mind control incest erotica author in the world was actually profitable while I was doing it. Like I, yeah. I was pulling in fairly decent money. She was like, oh, I thought you were just making up really specific conditions to make yourself feel good. No, like <laughs> there was actual genuine money in that for a long while. In the English speaking world. Let's not forget <laughs> But one really specific subgenre of erotica is what I think of as just pure wish fulfillment erotica. Oh, yeah. Which is written by what I always assume, and I'm like pretty sure I'm correct about this, guys in their late 30s to mid 60s who write erotica tales being like, this is how I wish my life had gone. What? Okay, so, okay. Do you like it? Give me an example. So the most common example is erotica in which... For, like, magical fantasy, like, get the plot started reasons, someone gets transported back in time to, like, the body of their 10-year-old self and then gets to live out the next 20 years with the knowledge that they, they had as, a, as an adult. Oh, sure. Okay. What do they do? Well, they, they just do everything right, including, because it's erotica, seducing a bunch of people. Yeah. The reason I think it's mostly guys in their, like, 40s, 60s is because they always get into this incredibly specific detail about, like, the American schooling system in the late 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. You'll, be reading, you'll be reading this erotica story, and it'll be like, now, the way that the report card system worked, and it'll spend, like, a full half chapter going through in detail how the subjects were assessed and what the final score you got was. And I'm like, who is, who is reading this and, like... <laughs> It's, it's the kind of story that's obviously more for the writer than it is for the readers, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're making me think of, have you seen Hot Girls Wanted? No, no, you, you've been telling me about it, yeah. Yeah, so there's one 
I think I talked to you about this last time. Yeah, yeah. There's Erica Last who makes porn. She makes like female driven porn. And one of the things she talks about is she was doing this series where women could send in their fantasies and then she would pick some of them and make short films of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're telling me about that after after my idea for a podcast. Yeah, that's right. One of them was a pianist getting like like having someone go down on her while she plays a piano. Right. Okay. And it just that's not necessarily my thing, but just I was like, "Oh, this is cool. <laughs> this this is cool." I was like, "I want to send a story. <laughs> I want to see these stories." Yeah, I don't usually I'm not usually feeling that way when I watch stuff about people making porn. Yeah. Well, what would you send? I don't want to get into it today. (laughs) (laughs) So when we first started recording this podcast, I got really fascinated by one of these stories. Uh, It was linked to from one of the incest mind control sites. And I was like, okay, I'll check this out. Like, it seems to be very popular. And the thing about these stories, too, is that they tend to be in the millions of words. Mm. Because these people... They, they they will tend to like come up with the idea and then just write forever. Like they'll just write the story for years and years and it's the only thing that they ever write. And they're very popular. So like they're obviously getting something out of it in terms of like reader gratitude and stuff like that. One million words is so long though. That's so yeah. many words. Think of the whole Harry Potter series times four or five. Jesus Christ. Okay. That, that would be roughly like the length of a lot of these. And so... I find it really interesting because there's this real insight into the mind of whoever writes them. Like you really, by the end of it, you're like, man, I feel like I know more about the person who wrote this than they intended for me to know. Oh yeah. Because the thing is with a lot of like fantasy stuff, people will be like, well, you know, this is, people don't think this is my fantasy. People think this is just what is sexy. And in the process, they reveal what they think is sexy in the like, this is what everyone thinks is sexy. Oh, of course. And so I really wanted to, and I've wanted to for over a year now, I really wanted to tell you about this one specific story. Oh, God. Okay. Because it was so fascinating to me. So it's called Getting Lucky, and it's by a guy called CM6. And I was linked to it from one of the incest erotica websites. And I was like, this is a genre of incest, uh, incest mind control specifically. This is a genre of incest mind control that I've never encountered before. Let's check it out. And it, it, the thing is with erotica is that I feel like it's, it's very different to a lot of other genres in that it doesn't need to be particularly well written. Like fan fiction's the same way. You don't need to write it particularly well because people aren't in it for the prose. They're just in it for the ideas of it. Oh, yeah, sure. So it, it's, not, it's not particularly well written. I've never really read erotica or fan fiction, but I can, I can imagine that... I'm just trying to think of like, so I've been really recently getting into the NBA and I'd love to read a story (laughs) about some of the players, not even necessarily being sexy, although some of the players being sexy, that sounds great with me. That would be great. That would be my wish fulfillment story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, this is very unlike me. I'm, it's a new leaf. Don't judge me. But yeah, I can, I can, I probably wouldn't be in it for the pros. I want the, I want the, those delicious ideas. So like a lot, a lot of, uh, say Firefly fanfic is not particularly well written, but people want more from the Firefly characters or Harry Potter. A lot of erotica is not particularly well written, but people are like, I want to read about people fucking, and this is the perfect avenue to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I was very popular because I actually wrote good, like, and stuff that people wanted to read like that combination is is what is what made me number one like i didn't just fluke into it or make it up right yeah no that that would be nonsense (laughs) and so i started reading this thing being like this is insanely long i'm not going to read that much of it i just want to get a taste of it but i kept on reading because the mind control just wasn't in there and i was like this was linked to from a mind control site like how does the mind control get okay i'm getting ahead of myself so i wanted to tell you about this because i thought you'd you'd have interesting reactions to various facets of it and it's a story I tell sometimes because it's fascinating to me. So first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this right at the start, which is that the main character starts as a 14-year-old and is having all kinds of 14-year-old sex. And that's quite common in, in erotica because it's written like whatever you like. And so four, 14 to 16 is a good age because if you're into kids stuff, I'm not. But if you're into kids stuff, then, you know, hey, they're kids. But if you're not into kids stuff like me, it's very easy to mentally age them up to an appropriate age to be having incest mind control. Uh I wanted to drop that in now because it's it's not relevant to the rest of the tale, which is it's it's terrible by the way. I should specify this this story is just awful in a kind of hilarious way. So it's not hilarious. It's not hilarious yet. It's just awful. Okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a very brief plot summary, which is that it opens with this 14 year old kid. So these things are pure wish fulfillment in a way that 
is is clearly more reflective of the author's desires than anything that actually happens in life. Sure. So it opens with opens with fourteen year old uh, being told by his dad, "Hey, you're fourteen now. You're a man. Have millions and millions of dollars and do whatever you like with them. Like the family is just rich." <laughs> Okay. And and the kid's like, okay. And he's like, and as well as that, I want you to seduce your sisters. And the main character's like, okay. And so in the, like chapter one, he seduces both his sisters and they're really excited to have sex with him because it's it's a crappy story and they have all the sex. And then like over the course of the first 10 chapters or so, he also seduces his mum. And the dad's like, wait, I didn't say you could do that. But you know what? I've not been around much. And I guess your mum deserves to have some good sex. And you're such a perfect human that sure, why not? Like that's the that's the standard of of writing we're talking about here. It's just pure wish fulfillment with not much in the way of plot or characters. Yeah. And the reason I think this is worth me- like there, you can find thousands of stories like that that are just shit. The reason I think this one's worth mentioning is because a it goes on for millions of words. How does it go on for millions of words? This seems like a okay, alrighty. So 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 the, the, these stories they follow a very similar pattern, which is just the author clearly reliving every single person that is met and then writing about how he would have fucked them. So over the course of the millions of words, like he seduces his dad's secretary and he seduces all his teachers at school and he seduces all the hot girls at school and he seduces all the nerd girls at school. And then he'll just go to random places and seduce the women there. And he just, he just flawlessly seduces everyone. Often these stories will have like some kind of mind control to justify why this is happening. And this one is just like, nope. The dad's like, hey, we have millions of dollars and you're a man now, so you can spend that however you like. The story is quite misogynist and this may surprise you that porn on the internet is misogynist wow 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 but but it's misogynist uh sometimes in this really subtle way which i find fascinating which is that every single woman in these in this story like every single woman and there's hundreds by the end of it they all enjoy the exact same things during sex oh wow and and the, the more you read the more clear you are of like this guy doesn't really see women as individual people what what are the things so to begin with, he 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 seduces them. This this is something I, I think is quite funny. He seduces them all the exact same way, which is by being stupidly charming and buying them a bunch of nice stuff. Like he buys every woman he sleeps with a car, like a BMW. It's kind of almost a oh. joke by the end of it. <laughs> it's like Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll like he'll go in and be like, hey, and they'll all be like, oh, this fourteen-year-old boy is so confident. I've never met someone who's so confident. That's so attractive to me. I know I shouldn't be attracted to him, but I am because of his confidence. And then he'll go out shopping with them and buy them all the clothes they want. And they'll be like, well, I can buy anything. I'm going to buy sexy underwear to model for you. And then he will buy them a car and they'll be like, oh, I'm so in love with you more than I've ever been in love with anyone else before. Also, I don't mind that you're sleeping with a hundred other people. That doesn't bother me at all. But let me be very clear I'm in love with you because of your charm and personality and not because you're buying me stuff. <laughs> oh, man. This reminds me of... There was a... Uh, wasn't it an Australian TV show or an American TV show? It was called Millionaire Joe. I've not heard of this show. <laughs> so it was kind of like The Bachelor. So there was this bachelor called Joe and had all the ladies dating show, but they told them that Joe is a millionaire <laughs> and then they whittled them all down. He's not a millionaire. He's just like a normal <laughs> dude. And then they have like, I think two or three girls in the end. And he tells those girls like, just so you know, I'm not actually a millionaire. This is a TV show. That's why I've been taking you to fancy places. I'm just an ordinary dude. And I think all of them leave because, wow. yeah, because I don't know if I'm remembering the show well, but I think they were like, I can't be with someone who's going to, who could lie to me like that. Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, like, like, who knows, who knows, you know, who knows. But I can imagine that that would be a very, very rude awakening. And also a really, really awful idea for a show. It would be an expectation adjustment. I don't know, I just feel like that's a really crass idea for a show. I can't believe they made it. Uh, so, Getting Lucky is is the story of a kid who's just given all the money and it's just pure wish fulfillment. And there's a bunch of these, like, wish fulfillment stories where the guy just sleeps with everyone he knows and all the women unconditionally love him. You didn't say, what are the things that every woman in the world likes during sex? It's, it's not necessarily that they all like the same things. It's just that the sex is exactly the same between each woman. And as someone who grew up reading erotica way before I had sex, 
I wouldn't have spotted anything different, but now that I've had sex, like everyone has sex so differently. Yeah, they do. They do do that. To use a, a really obvious example, some people will come 20 times in a minute. Some people won't come at all from, from penetrative of sex or from yeah. sex at all, and they only come alone. Like there's this whole, there's a whole variety in just that one aspect alone. In this story, every woman comes the same way, enjoying the same no, thing. No, no, no. And... But, but Peter, I think, I don't understand what you're saying. Orgasm is the only part of sex. I'm confused. Sorry, I shouldn't have said they don't come during sex because what is sex if there's no orgasm? Ding. Not sex, that's for sure. Yeah. Throw that in the garbage, that non-sex thing. And so the fact that these women are all identical tells me that the guy probably hasn't had a huge amount of sex or hasn't noticed any difference in his sexual partners. You ever see the show Orphan Black? No, but I know that name. What is it? It's a show about uh, the opening scene is that a woman is standing on a train station. She glances over and sees herself there and then herself kills herself, like jumps in front of a train and dies. And the rest of the show is her trying to work out what the fuck is going on. Turns out that she is one of like seven identical clones. Okay. And so she finds the other clones and they try to work out who made them and for what purpose and blah, blah, blah. It's quite good. But in that first episode or in the first two episodes, she goes back to the house of the of the her that she saw kill herself and sleeps with that clone's husband. Oh. And I remember watching it being like, wait, like, wouldn't wouldn't he... They're very different people. Like, they're, they're ex- explicitly established to be hugely different while being clones. Would you not notice? Like, I can't imagine having sex with someone... Oh, he didn't notice. He didn't notice. Like, Oh, right. Okay. I can't imagine having sex with someone who I've been dating for a long time or are married to and not noticing that they're a different person even though they look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, 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 you develop patterns. And I posted this on Facebook and people were like, well... You don't, you don't have sex identically every time. I'm like, no, but you learn what someone likes. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you're following the exact same script. But at the same time, if someone, you'd, you'd be like, wait, you know that I like this thing that you always do and you're not doing it. Why are you not doing it? Like, you would notice, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I have an identical twin sister and I grew up in high school with people, you know, every now and then would make a joke along the lines of something like that. So... No. <laughs> In answer to whatever question or joke you're making, no. <laughs> and and like, like one, one of the clones is a lesbian, for example. And so it's not like they all have identical sexual preferences. But more than that, like you... Ah, it annoyed me so much. Anyway, so all of the women in the story have sex the exact same way. Um, these stories all have, always follow a very similar pattern, which is that at first it's just sex with this, sex with that. And then the author will be like, oh man... If everything's just going well for this character, the story gets a little bit boring because you need conflict to drive the narrative. Yes. And so they will always, like, beat for beat recreate the same series of events, which is that some guy will notice that someone's having sex with all these women. He will pose some sort of threat. Okay. The main character... Like, this gets really specific, but you'll see it in dozens of stories. You won't. (laughs) You can find it in dozens of stories. Someone will be like, this guy, you know, he'll, he'll pose some kind of threat... The guy will be like, oh, I don't want to get into it. The women will band together and some come up with some kind of plan. And then, because the author wants to create some kind of conflict, they'll have the the threat posed. But because the characters are all basically omnipotent, they will crush it without any thought and the story will just continue. Sometimes that'll happen a few times because they'll be like, oh, crap, it's gotten boring again. And someone else is a threat. And then we crush that threat. And someone else is a threat. And then we crush that threat. It's terrible writing and it's amazing how consistent this exact same pattern comes up because so this sounds like the biggest yawn fest ever and it goes for millions of words part of the reason it's not a yawn fest is and i was thinking about this while i was reading it i was like why am i still reading this like sixty thousand words in why am i still going part of it is just that reading people having sex is inherently engaging is it Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if you like erotica. If you don't like erotica, no. Well, I I tried to read Fifty Shades of Grey a few years back. <laughs> I could not get past the first two chapters. It was just so poorly written. Do you want me to send you some really good erotica? Like, is that interesting to you? Have you ever read any of my erotica? I'm sure I have. I can't remember any of it except for Bread by the Billionaire Tentacle. <laughs> the classic. In- inherently engaging. <laughs> I mean, that's inherently engaging for a couple of reasons that don't have to do with sex. <laughs> I, I think because, like, as, as someone who likes reading erotica, yeah, w- the situations are different enough to create a bit of variety. So, like, when he seduces his dad's secretary, that's different to seducing the housemaid. Yeah, I'm so not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no. So, when and when and when and is the interesting thing that have we gotten to the bit that's interesting yet? No, <laughs> sounds... not yet. Okay, good. <laughs> I was worried that you'd already told me the interesting bit and I was <laughs> I was concerned. 
No, so the in the I say interesting, not interesting in the story sense, but just interesting as a human to be like, what is happening here? Like it's fascinating in this weird way. There's a few things. Firstly, the guy who wrote this is really clearly a truck driver. Why? Because one of the things that this 14-year-old kid does when his dad's like, we have infinite money, spend it however you like, is he starts buying trucks. Okay. Does he know a lot about trucks as well? He knows so much about truck. There are probably (laughs) like more than 10 chapters, which are more truck than erotica. (laughs) Wow. And so he will go to the truck dealership and like really specifically order these custom built trucks that have all of these incredibly detailed features and then as the plot goes on and i'll go into this in a second there's like lengthy truck driving scenes where he's he's, this like 14 year old kid is driving a truck around america (laughs) (laughs) there's like there's a video game where you drive a truck from i think one side of america to the other are you thinking of desert bus i think so it's like you know, it's been named the most boring video game of all time. Yeah, it's a video game that was made as a joke. You drive a bus across the desert, you just drive on a straight line. There's no curves. But if you don't constantly, like, adjust the trajectory of the truck, you'll drive off the road. Yeah. Yeah. So all you do is, like, tap left and right. I haven't played it, but I believe all you do is tap left and right and make sure that the truck doesn't go off the road. Yeah. And every year for charity, groups will get together and play, like, marathon versions. So people will play Desert Truck for 24 hours straight. It's more of an art piece than it is a game. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, and so he will, like, take a few of his women and, and drive across the country in this truck. There's a thing where when he when this little kid first goes to the truck dealership, he, he very quickly gets obsessed with trucks. And that's the point where you're like, wow, this guy's obviously a truck driver. Because you, you know how when you're in an industry, you might, like... We, we make a podcast, and sometimes... Sometimes I'll do a little bit of fantasizing about like, man, it would be so nice to not have to do this part of the job or to have equipment that did this. Or, you know, you'll, as you work with things, you naturally kind of start to gravitate towards fantasizing about the ideal version of things. Yes. The author has so clearly done this with trucks and then written hundreds of thousands of words in which his wishes come true. Wow. Okay. What are the wishes? What are the truck related wishes? So the first time this kid goes to the truck dealer shop, the first time the... So the first, oh, I'm nervous telling you about this because <laughs> I've wanted to for a year and I'm like, man, this could be a total fluff of a podcast that we end up throwing out. But I really want to tell you about this fucking story because it's been in my head telling you for a year now. Wow. Let's get it. Let's get it out. Let's do it. You're not having a panic attack. So this is already going better than the last time I waited a year to tell you about something. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like the first time you waited a year was probably that time that you proposed. So like No, that was only like four months. Oh, alrighty. Okay. I am not very this is a tangent. I'm not very good at telling stories. What? Which is weird because I'm a, a storyteller, but like I now that I'm married, my husband he will tell the most mundane story and I'll just be like, This is so interesting. Like he does voices and he, he structures it all correctly. And I'm just like, I, I'm not good at that. So what I do is instead of telling a story well, I will find what I think is super interesting things to tell about a story. But because I'm not good at telling stories, I have to entirely rely on the interestingness of the thing I'm talking about. So if it turns out not to be interesting, it's just a flop. Really? You know, so I used to be quite awkward, or at least I felt awkward um, in high school. And there, I remember a very distinct moment where I realized that having conversations was really just telling stories, mostly boring ones, in semi-interesting ways. And, and then I think I went too far the other way and I started just, I really, because I was just like, I can just tell boring stories from my life. That's what having a conversation is done. I can do that. And so then I think... A lot of people ended up in conversations with me telling just the most inane stories from my life, like how I got dressed or whatever. And I think, I think over time I've like kind of swung, you know, like I found a happy medium. I'm happy. Sometimes I still feel awkward, but like, <laughs> you know, like most of conversation is storytelling, right? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's a balance between being able to tell a story well and choosing a good story to tell. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have many good stories. Like, Roxy has a thousand of them. I, I'm just like, if you're like, hey, what have you been up to? I'll tell you the facts and I'll try to pick out the interest. I tend to do interesting things rather than having interesting stories to tell. And those, those things are not as linked. And I'm not saying people who tell interesting stories. Like, Roxy does interesting things and tells interesting stories. Uh, but, like... <laughs> I'm not sure that that's what you were saying, actually. Well, do you think maybe that's because you work so much? Yeah, I think that's almost 100% it, yes. Well, because you work a lot, so... You're not doing stuff. But I don't know. But like, I know, I, I visited Dubai and Japan and all these other countries at the start of the year. And I have zero stories to tell from that, except for the time I met a famous person. Who did you meet? And that's just because I forget that Erin McGathy. Oh, yeah, you met Erin. That's right. Uh, and she's not like the most famous person, but she's still, people know her, uh, which is delightful. And so, yeah, I, I just don't like, I don't know, I have no stories from Japan. I have zero stories to tell from Japan. That's terrible. Like when I think what's a good story, I don't think... I'm not good at storytelling. I'm not good at it. So that's why I'm kind of nervous because I'm like, if you don't find this story interesting, then I've got nothing. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I, have, I have interesting thoughts and I try to do interesting things, but I'm not good at telling interesting stories. That's interesting. I've been yeah, thinking about... Thought, I told you. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about this lately just in terms of... Well, so I've been doing a lot of interviews, particularly like, you know, email interviews where people are like, here's some questions. And then I spend usually way too long thinking of answers because I'm like, I want to sound smart. <laughs> and I did one recently about kind of marketing stuff. And I don't know, sometimes with that stuff, like my, my friend was telling me yesterday, she's like, I don't think, I think you think that you're not good at that stuff because it just is what you do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You have this habit that I've seen a few people fall into, which is that you find something that's difficult to do. You learn to do that difficult thing, but because you were with yourself for the entire process, you're like, oh, I didn't really do anything. I just learned how to do this difficult thing. Yes. That is in itself a difficult thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's, what do you mean? Oh yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, you had the number one podcast for the arts for Australia. And you're like, yeah, but that's... I think we've talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, but that's because I worked at it for ages. I did a bunch of work towards that. That's the only reason that happened. It didn't magically happen like it does for talented people. I had to put effort in. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I made... I've made $250,000 from Kickstarter yeah. in the last year. You made a quarter of a million dollars on Kickstarter. And I'm like, yeah, but that's only because I did everything correctly and I got really talented people to do their part correctly. Like, yes, the good thing happened because of the reasons that it happened. That doesn't negate the goodness of the thing happening. I just saw, uh, last time I went and saw my psychologist, there's this ongoing theme where she's like, you know, take some credit for yourself. Like, don't just give it to other people all the time. Yeah. Don't don't just don't dismiss it and talk yourself out of credit. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I think she's very proud of me because I'm finally I've been seeing her since the start of 2015. Yeah, so a bit over 2 years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Yeah. And for the first year I saw her every week and then after that I saw her every 2 weeks. So, I've seen her a lot. And one of the ongoing themes has been just that I do maybe too much, burnout, doing too many things. And <laughs> doesn't sound like you at all. Doesn't sound like me at all. Anyway, I haven't actually I hadn't actually seen her in like six weeks. I hadn't seen her since I launched the podcast and since I got salmonella poisoning. And now I've also broken my finger. Which is the first time I've ever broken a bone. Um <laughs> and <laughs> And that's hey, caused... don't negate that. Just because you were there when you broke your finger doesn't mean it wasn't an important and difficult thing to do. Also, it was my boyfriend's fault. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, SJ, is this a cry for help? <laughs> no, we were playing basketball and I beat him. <laughs> and then uh, and then we were both going for the ball and I fucked it. <laughs> I didn't fuck the ball. I fucked it up. <laughs> you fucked your finger. I fucked my finger. finger fucked. I, yes. <laughs> I gotta say, one word that I do not like is fingering. Don't like that word. Anyway, just because we were talking about erotica before. So I saw her, and since then, because I've been really sick and burnt out and blah, 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 I've been kind of trying to make changes to not be, like, burning out again. 
and she was like, you're doing an amazing job. And I was like, yeah, well, I think it's just because of like this person or this other thing or rah, rah, rah. And she was like, oh my God, would you stop that? (laughs) 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 The thing is like with, with Jelly Bean Games, the thing I've done is just assemble supremely talented people to do the thing that they're best at. That in itself is not easy to do. Like for me, I'm like, well, I'll just contact the really talented people. I was going to say, that's a, that's a job. That's what a really great producer does. Right. Yeah. And there's a reason that's its own job. Exactly. Yes. So the main character goes to the truck dealership. Okay. And he learns what a winch is, which is one of those things that you put on the front of the truck in case it gets bogged and you can like attach it and you can pull pull stuff or you can pull stuff towards the truck, I guess. And there's a miscommunication, it, it, like there's jokes in the story and there's a miscommunication with the salesman and the salesman thinks he wants a winch put on the front and the back. But he doesn't. He wants one. He, he only wants one. Oh God. And so the truck gets delayed and he's like, oh, I feel too uncomfortable to say anything. And then from then on, whenever he buys a new truck, which he does a lot in the story, he buys many, <laughs> many trucks. The dealer is always like, and I'll make sure to put a winch on the front and the back because that's how I know you like it. And he's like, oh no, I should say something. Like, it's just the dumbest thing. Okay. Uh, which I, I, I find it hilarious how much of this erotica story is dedicated to his frustration about creating two winches <laughs> on on the thing. Um, the <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. And the people want a dual winch truck related story. It's, it's become a running joke with my little brother that anytime I mention anything erotica, he's like, you know what people really want? They want stories with double winches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, As the story went on, I was like, I don't know how mind control comes into this story. My assumption was that it would retroactively be applied to explain how this little kid seduces literally every person in his life. But? But instead, it turns out that if you are... (laughs) It's so dumb. If you are anally having sex with someone, if you're having sex with someone's anus and you finger them, to use that word you love so much, in a specific way. Please, finger bang. Finger bang is the appropriate (laughs) word. And you finger them in a very specific way, then it puts them into a trance and you can program them to do whatever you like. I can't believe you would do that again. The word is finger bang. What are you doing? (laughs) I refuse to listen to the rest of your story until you use the word finger bang. (laughs) What are you doing after this? You're going to have a a jolly good finger bang? Absolutely. No, I'm going to get on a plane. (laughs) And so it's turns out that the government has been using this mind control method for the last like five years or so to start brainwashing the entire population and the only reason they managed to crack into it and stop the government like such a dumb story uh is is because (laughs) they did it they did it poorly but he did not do it poorly he did it right so when um (laughs) you know what i gotta say that if there was a way of putting people into a trance by having sex with their butt and finger banging them at the same time I feel like people would try and utilize that method. So one one of the... Oh, man. I've only got 20 minutes left. I'm like, which part of the story do I want to tell you the most? Uh, I'll tell you the bits that you will be least uncomfortable with. Wait, and you're worried that we only have 20 minutes left? What the hell else is in this story? One of the reasons I'm bad at telling stories is I spend way too much time on the setup because I want people to have the full context that I had before getting to the interesting part of the story. It's not a good habit. You know what? You actually tell stories a little bit like my mum. So... <laughs> My mom, and this is an ongoing joke in, in my family, that mom gives just absolutely unnecessary detail when she's telling stories. She was telling me, she was telling us the story about how she was, she was in a restaurant in Melbourne and, and, and she was telling us exactly where she was sitting in the restaurant. <laughs> and uh, we were like, where you were sitting, mom? That's got to be important <laughs> later. And she was saying it was really important because these other people that we knew walked past and because of where we were located in the restaurant, they could see us through the window. <laughs> and I was like, none of that information is necessary. All you need to say is, hey, you know, we're in this restaurant. And guess who walks past? This person. And then we had this chat, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you exactly what it is. And I don't know if it's the case with your mum, but with me, it's because I'm not good at telling stories. When an interesting thing happens to me, I'm like, that's interesting. Got to store that one for later. And I want to recreate the the sense. I want to recreate the story for you to ensure that it's interesting. So it's (laughs) terrible. It it backfires. (laughs) And so I want you to be... 
I want you to go through the same emotions that I did, which means putting you in the same place, which means giving you just way too much detail. <laughs> and in the process, boring me. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's not a good system. I've been thinking about this. like, So you know how like every character trait, there's like pros and cons. Yeah, every there's a comedian who does a bit... Every sword is a double-edged sword. Yes, yes. Having a double-edged sword, that's a double-edged sword. Because on one hand, you can cut someone. On the other hand, you could cut yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, so like, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. So, I'm not sure if I've told you about this before, but I think I'm empathic, or at least, I don't know, I could feel stuff a lot, feel a lot of things. Feelings. No way. Yeah. <laughs> You're blowing my mind here. Feelings. But also quite analytical. If I could put one word on your gravestone, it would just be feelings. In fact, that should be the name of whatever book you write. Just Feelings by Honor Eastley. Nah, I th- no, no, no. What I'm saying is feelings, but also spreadsheets. So my, my book will be called Feelings <laughs> and Spreadsheets. So what that means is that I can get into a real hole sometimes with some things feelings and then like particularly if i'm looking at like structural inequality or like the perverse incentives created by capitalism and or whatever i can go to very dark places very easily because i'm like oh feelings but on the other hand (laughs) it means i'm good at like for instance writing an email to someone yeah absolutely if that makes sense, because... SJ, is that the whole story? Because I now, I now only have 15 minutes to tell you the rest of this. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying that even, like, marketing stuff. I'm good at marketing stuff because feelings plus analytical. So I feel like this might be just, like, one of the outcomes of you not having feelings in the same way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, I 100% agree. Oh, wow. Uh, especially because I'm talking to someone who does have. So it's it's like I'm... It's like I want to show you a painting and then I describe it. And you're like, no, Peter, I can see it. I'm like, no, no, let me describe it, okay? I had trouble seeing it, so I need to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'm I'm going to skip the butts that will make you super uncomfortable because that'll be a whole podcast of itself, which is the the non-consent stuff, which is terrible. Please don't. Yeah, no, I'm... Not, um, no. It's interesting, but it's terrible. So I'm going to tell you two things, which is firstly, and this is maybe more interesting to writers, but at some point he meets someone who is very similar to him, and this other person also seduced his mother through slow dancing. I didn't mention that, but... Oh, it's all through slow dancing. He's obsessed with slow dancing. Again, you learn so much about the author from this. So this guy meets this other, this other guy who also seduced his mum and his aunt through slow dancing, and he invites him to come live in the mansion, and they are like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll have sex with each other's women. They're all like, yay, and all the women... Of course, they're just totally fine with it because that's the that's the role of women in the story to be totally fine with stuff. Mm. And then, uh, like three chapters later, they're like, oh, "That's not a good idea. Let's not do that." And then this guy kind of fades into the background. And I, I remember reading it, being like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Turns out that this author had written a whole separate story with a guy seducing his mum and his aunt through slow dancing. And then he was just like, "I want to put him in this story." Like he wanted to do a crossover. He just wanted to bring all of his characters into the one story. And so he did it. And then immediately it was like. There is no point to this. This character has no personality that's different to my main character. And so he fades away again. And I found it interesting because I've only seen this happen twice, which is one in this erotica story and secondly in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I don't know enough about The Wizard of Oz. So The Wizard of Oz was a series of about 12 books by L. Frank Baum, the author of The Wizard of Oz. And The Wizard of Oz was his best-selling story by far. Like, it blew everything else out of the water. And so what he did was he started introducing characters from every other story he'd written into Oz. (laughs) So he would just like have, oh, sure. I can't remember the, any of the names, but he, he'd just have a book where like, hey, these two people rock up and they're just in Oz now. And it was purely to drive sales of his other book. Oh, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think this author was just like, I want people to read my other story as well. Okay, they're in this story now. And let's have them, let's have them intermingle. Ah, I'm weird about this. Okay, this guy's just gone again. So if you're reading this without that context, this guy just appears with two women and disappears again a few chapters later and influences the story. And I say story in inverted commas. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the most interesting thing, though, about this whole saga. Okay, um, I'm ready for it. Is this the last thing? This is the last thing. Okay is that after I'd read a bunch of this story, as you can imagine, I'd spent like hours reading this story while I was on on buses and trains and traveling around the globe. And it's such a terrible story, but I kept on reading because I wanted to get to the mind control and I got there and I was like, what is this? I never finished the story, which is potentially a real pity because, you know, what happened with the government conspiracy? Who knows? Who knows what happened? And so I was like, I need to know more about this author. Oh. I did some research, Ooh. and it turns out he has a blog. 
Oh, yes. He is a truck driver. You are correct. This may surprise you. <laughs> he was definitely a truck driver. And considering that, again, the story is not well written in any kind of prose sense, but it's it's functional. Like, it has stuff happen and, and the, the words all make sense and put together. Yeah. He is... I'll, I'll, I, won't, I, won't, I won't preload it. I'll just tell you what happened. So he started being like, hey, guys, I want to keep writing the story. Can you throw me some shekels? You know, I've, I'll put up a, a PayPal. Send me money if you want more story. If I get $300, I'll release the next 10 chapters, that kind of stuff, which makes sense. This is all pre-Patreon, so it was a way of making money. He ends up... I followed his blog. He lost his job. Okay. Because he had to cut his leg off. What? He had an ingrown toenail. Oh, no, this is a terrifying story. And so he was like, how do you deal with an ingrown toenail? Uh Uh-oh. He got a pair of pliers. Ah, no, no, (laughs) no. Using the pair of pliers, he solved the ingrown toenail problem and then had a new problem, which is that his foot wouldn't stop bleeding. (laughs) And so he ended up bandaging up his foot and then not going near it again. Oh, God, what is he doing? Until it really, really, really started to smell. Oh, oh, shit, fuck. What the... At which point, he went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, your leg is more gangrene than leg, and they had to cut the leg off. Oh, my God. Wow. Fuck. What happened? He just now has one leg, and so he had a lot more time for writing erotica. And he can't drive a truck. He can't drive a truck, yeah. And so he, he lost his, his leg and his job. And now this is part of why I'm telling stories. I don't have any kind of grand point. I was just so fascinated to be like, this weird erotica story goes on for millions <laughs> of words. And then finding his blog and reading from the start, it was just such a journey to go on, you know? What, what's he like? Uh, he seems to be very... I want to say I want to say redneck. I don't know if that's, if that's a derogatory term, but like... I'm fairly sure that that is a derogatory term. I, I can't imagine a more redneck kind of character than this guy. Well, what does that mean? Uh, hang on, let, let, me, let, me, let me pull up his blog. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Um, he uses ain't a lot. So here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the opening of his most recent blog post. Oh, where, oh, where has my little CM6 gone? Contrary to recent rumours, I ain't dead yet. I'll admit my output has been sparse lately, but still, I ain't dead. Well, what's happened to your dumb ass then, you might ask? First, like any good old boy, read that as redneck, I got an ingrown toenail and tried to cut it out myself with a pair of nippy clippers from Radio Shack. (laughs) Just a fascinating character, you know? See, you should have told this story in about 10 minutes and really just focused on this bit. If you want some story advice. Because this is the bit that I'm like, what the hell? Wow, that is terrifying to me. Because, okay, so last week I broke my finger... But I didn't know that I'd broken my finger to start I, with. I think the term is you finger banged. You banged your finger. You finger banged. I finger banged too hard. Normal finger banging, <laughs> okay. Too hard finger banging leads to a fracture. And my boyfriend's housemate kept saying um, my finger looked like a dead dead person's finger. She was like, really? If you just covered it with some dirt and leaves, that'd be on CSI. <laughs> <laughs> you got a future, kid. <laughs> And I put a photo of it on Instagram and then I had a bunch of people being like, you should definitely get that checked out. Including like, including a couple of my friends who've had ongoing like chronic medical stuff. And one doctor who was like, who signed (laughs) off concerned doctor. And (laughs) I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to go. At that point, definitely go. I actually freaked out quite a bit. Like I had quite a cry in the shower about my own mortality which you know calm down like i'm fine but i'm young and i am still afraid of you know as i get older my body's not going to work the same anyway it makes me it makes me have a lot of feelings <laughs> as advertised the thing that i notice i do i'm just i'm, I'm processing now T- talking stuff through with you on this podcast is really helpful for like bringing it to the front of my mind and letting me process it a thing I realize I do is I tell other people's stories because I'm like, they told a good story, I'll tell that one. And that's relevant because I'm going to tell the ferret story, who's my favorite blogger, the ferret. He has a great blog about the time that he was like, man, I've got a slight pain in my, in my stomach. And then only at the insistence of his wife did he go to the emergency room, who immediately wheeled him into the operation room and cut out his appendix, which would have burst in like any time. And he'd, he'd had it 
for 24 hours and because he, he feels pain on a different scale to people, he was just like, yeah, it hurts a little bit, but I, it's not appendicitis. Like, that really hurts. Yeah. And so ever since reading that, if anyone's like, this thing, I'm like, go to the doctor right now. Like, that's what you're going to do. I send Roxy to the doctor all the time. I make doctor's appointments for him. I'm like, hey, this is a thing. Go to the doctor. Well, the thing is that I had, because I've just been dealing with salmonella and I just had quite a few very lackluster experiences of going to the doctor. I'm just feeling quite dismissed and feeling like they were like, you don't know this already? You're an idiot. I would recommend trying to find a good family doctor and then you can have like one doctor who you like and always go to that doctor. Well, that's kind of what I'm trying now. Yes. All right. That's what I did with my finger. Nice. So here's the thing. If, if I had told, like, without the context, this for me is not a story. If I had just said, hey, there's this author I know who cut out an ingrown toenail with a pair of pliers from Radio Shack and then goes leg cut off. Like, that's not a story. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> so I would start that by, I. you need to give a, just a demonstration of how, how weird the story is and what you know about this person. You don't know to go into a lot of detail. And then I'd be like, but you know, I found out this thing about this guy. I don't know. It depends where you want the conversation to go because then it's a conversation about like, how we know people and finding out more about people on the internet. And that's kind of interesting to me. But that's my take on it. I, I don't know. I need to get better at storytelling. Um, I really love when I find a thing or a person I love, just internet researching the fuck out of them. Like, that's so interesting yeah, to me. You just do find do that. everything I can. Uh, you do it as well. You've done that with Bo Burnham and you've done that with Little Dicky and you've done that with other people. Oh, like... my God. One of my friends is like, it's now kind of a joke that I always have a current current internet obsession or not internet obsession but current thing that i know a lot about <laughs> yeah. and every now and then the thing comes back up when someone will ask me a question about some very specific <laughs> thing like <laughs> my boyfriend was like i'm gonna get a mouse uh because i realized that i need a mouse to have a more ergonomic working situation and i was like actually it turns out four years ago I researched a lot about ergonomic mice. You should check out this company and this one. Oh, these guys have redeveloped their handshake <laughs> mouse. That's apparently very amazing. <laughs> when I was in high school, my math teacher, Mr. Cole, was exactly that. I could be like, hey, what do you think about know this? And he'd be like, oh, I don't know that much. And then tell me everything on the topic. Yeah. And that was always, I had such aspirations to be that person. And to a certain extent now, like, I think I am. Like, you can ask me not about everything, but about the topics I know about, I know a lot about. Yeah. I didn't used to think I was like that until recently. I always thought that you were the person that was like that. It's such a fun thing to be. I have usurped you, my friend. We have an outro this week from, oh man, okay, this, I'm looking at the, this file. It says it was created 29th of November, 2016, which shows you that we have a lot of outros. Still, if you, if you... Don't take that as an invitation not to send us an outro. Please send us outros. But this one is from Alex from last year. Thank you, Alex, for sending us in. Thanks for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. You're out! Oh, ah! <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Alex may have mentioned that in the email in November, but I don't... <laughs> It sounds no. like it's from like Pokemon or what's that show where they had that heart <laughs> character and everyone used to pick on Captain Planet. Captain Planet. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to join in the conversation about this podcast, we have a discussion group now, facebook.com slash groups slash being honest with the next. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash being honest with my ex and a subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash being honest with my ex. Don't tell people about it, Peter. They're secret. We don't want anyone to come. <laughs> They're secret. And you can jump in and chat with other listeners of the show. And also us. Uh, and also us. Yeah, we're there as well, which is fun. I just realized that I didn't finish my point earlier, which is that um, nowadays I have had a few people do that internet research thing with me. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that is that is not... It's very, very easy to do, but it's also hard to do because I just have infinite stuff online. Like if you go digging... There is no bottom to the well of stuff that I've put online. Because I've lived online since I was 14, you know. My entire life for the last 13 years is up there. Yeah, you have like millions of words that you've written online. Millions and millions. Yeah. Yeah. I always get afraid when people do that. Someone did that at a conference that I was speaking at. Don't zip your jacket while we're recording a podcast. Like, that is such an obviously poor idea. Look. Fuck you. <laughs> 
someone came up to me at a conference I was speaking at the other day and was just like, I really love the podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are coming back. And you're like, we are? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, no, they, they were like, oh, I don't know if that's really weird to say. And I was like, well, it's not really, it's not like that weird anymore. It's just more, when someone says like, I've listened to every episode, I'm like, oh God, you know a lot about me. All right. <laughs> Where would you like to begin with this conversation? <laughs> I just just uh, two nights ago, I had dinner with a podcast listener uh, called Mary. She was delightful, a really cool chick. And I, this is terrible, but I really like hanging out with podcast listeners because I don't have to explain the nonsense that is my life. Like, they get it. They know that I'm a polyamorous ex-erotica author who now makes board games. They know that I express and feel emotions in a different way to most people like they know all this shit we can kind of skip that and go straight to the interesting conversation yeah 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 i mean maybe if i date someone again i'll like it'll be a prerequisite just like (laughs) i mean that would be actually like a really really arrogant move if you're actually going to do that yes yes that would be the (laughs) author of oh god i can't remember her name she wrote a bunch of vampire books that are very famous uh she married the head of her fan club. Wow. Wow. And then at that point also her stories got really bad. And so a lot of people are like, that's the point at which she... Because, you know, you get your spouse to read stuff and give opinions. And she was like, people were like, that was a bad... Co-. And Rice. Oh, as in that would be bad to marry someone who was a really big fan. That into you. That into you. <laughs> well, even worse would be getting, like, having your the first person who reads your stuff be your number one fan. Well, I mean, there's a balance. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of people who are well known tend to marry people who aren't necessarily like fans of their stuff already, because you don't have that you, you don't have that disparity in power. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, at the same time, relationships change. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They don't stay the same. They're not static. But yes, there's there is that thing. So that's all from us this week. Yeah. Do you feel like you learned something about erotica today? Um, I feel like I learned a lot more about. Peter's storytelling abilities <laughs> than I did about erotica. The thing is, I'm good at structured stories. So jokes I'm very good at because I can like break down the structure and re- reassemble it. Like I used to be an author. I can, I can write a story. I just can't tell a story. Kevin Smith is the number one storyteller. Like he's incredible at it. Sorry, you just cut out. But I think you said Kevin Smith is the number one way to go downtown and get some poontang. That's what I heard. <laughs> Kevin Smith is, is my number one storytelling. I think he's incredible at it. Yeah, he's good. Also, Mike Babiglia, very good. Yeah, very good. Anyway, I have to go. I have to get on a plane. Okay. Have fun flying to the Sydney's. Yay! Bye. Bye-bye.